But I think the main things is at the end of the day, volleyball is volleyball. It's in the same nine by nine court, and the rules are the same. So we. Uh, <laughs> is that on the back of your shirt? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, it's on the back of your shirt. <laughs> you did, you did. A little free shout out for you. Um, and it doesn't matter who's on the other side of the net. You need to still execute to the best of your ability if you want a chance to win. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the 81 square meters of the best volleyball content on the internet. It is Sunday, October 9th, and we have just wrapped up what was uh, an incredible round two of the Women's Volleyball World Championships. My name is Everett DeLorme, joined as always, our friendly neighbors to the south, Mr. Rob St. Clair from Chicago. Rob, glad to see you back in one piece. I know you had to rush back all the way from Detroit to be here tonight. That's why we're a little later than we, we had expected, but good to see you. Welcome. Glad glad you're home. And wow, what was that ever a great round two? We said yeah, what a, after round one that it was a little this is when the this is when the tournament starts, and that's that's exactly what it was. Sure enough, yeah, we're we're both back in our native setups. Everett's no longer in the woods in the middle of nowhere, so uh, all is right with the world. And we're down to eight teams left, Everett, at the Women's World Championship. And this was an absolutely ridiculous week. I think we should just jump right into the bracket. How about it? Absolutely. Yeah. Boom. Boom. This is this is what we've got left at the Women's World Championships. And Rob, credit to us. I think we went a perfect eight for eight. Like we we predicted exactly what what this bracket was going to be pretty much i predicted exactly what this bracket was going to be you may or may not have included your very own canadian girls in this bracket which i respect hey you know what and while we they, were they, one, they had we, a... we were we were one set off we were one <laughs> set off it was it was it was close and actually you know what i'm going to blame your team for that because if your team had gotten like taken care of business uh against poland and not be three owed by them um then yeah like the, we, that that three donging to poland is what what killed our our playoff hopes there may have been a three donging involved uh yes we'll, we'll, we'll certainly get into that and we'll get into the canadian women as well because they had an outstanding tournament but what we have here in front of us is the bracket so what, what we as we previewed before the tournament even started every single bracket match up until the medal matches from here on out will be rematches. There'll be rematches of either uh, round one pools or round two pools. And the matchups are Italy versus China, Brazil versus Japan, Serbia versus Poland, and the United States versus Turkey. All four of those matchups we have already seen before. And no matter what happens, we will have already seen both semifinals before in this tournament so there's a lot to get to with that we'll get to uh, all the matches from the second phase we'll get to all the matches that will like the the first matches of each of these quarterfinal matchups but this is it uh we're down to eight teams and i think it's with only a, an exception or two it's kind of the eight teams that we expected to be here at the end of the tournament yeah pretty much this is it i mean even going into going into round two we had called both China and Japan over over Belgium, even though Belgium already had four wins to uh, heading into round two, um, and yeah, this is this is pretty much to to be expected. Um, maybe Poland, like in, if you're looking at the world rankings, Poland coming in above the Dominican Republic uh, is maybe a slight upset. But yeah, this is exactly what what we what was to be expected. I mean, we even talked about it at the beginning of this tournament how this could be kind of a breakout tournament for Polish women's volleyball, and that's kind of what it's been. You know, other than like a, f a few hiccups here and there, and good to see them in in the in the quarterfinals. Uh, would have liked to see my Canadian girls, of course, but 
uh, all the credit goes goes to Poland. But yeah, this is this is exactly who we expected it to be. You know, you've got the top four seeds in a different quarterfinal. You're not going to have two two of the best teams going at each other. Maybe with Italy and China, but I don't think China's team is necessarily where their world ranking is at, given to what they have right now. Um, but I mean, we told you guys at the beginning of this tournament. Book it for Italy, Brazil, Serbia, USA in the semifinals. And that's, let's be honest, barring uh, an upset, that's probably what it's going to be. That, uh, the bracket certainly does shape up that way. And uh, there were definitely some upsets along the way. But sure enough, the bracket ends up kind of being chalk. But uh, I, I don't want to talk about how predictable the bracket was because this week of phase two pool play was anything but predictable and boring. It was electric and i want to start up talking about group e because i think this is the slightly easier pool to talk about really all the most of the chaos was going on in group f and we'll get to that uh but here are the final standings are group e there's a pretty clear separation between that fourth team in china and that fifth team in belgium that uh where a, a line could pretty easily be drawn uh just like we predicted everett uh belgium who had a pretty good start in the tournament at uh four and one Go an unfortunate one and three this week against much more difficult competition. Uh, they and the hosts, the Netherlands, failed to make it out, and it is Italy, Brazil, Japan, and China in that order, just like we expected at eight and one, eight and one, seven and two, seven and two. Clearly, the cream rising to the top of this pool. Yeah, and I mean, I think in both of both pools E and F, you're, you're seeing a lot of one pool was pretty tough and the other pool like it was all about matchups right yeah and belgium did so well against the the teams that they were matching up against in uh their their original pool but when you, you're up against the teams of like italy and or you know brazil japan and, and china that's going to be tough like just the style matchups against the asian teams like japan and china just doesn't work well for for belgium considering that they're a one show pony in Brit Herbots, right? They have the ability to weather that storm and have really good ball control so that they're able to push through that. And that's that's exactly what we saw. Right. So let me put up the full results uh, from that group as I swim through the FIVP website. Just one second. There we go. And there we go. Hopefully everybody can see that now. Uh, so going kind of day by day, we'll, we'll, we'll jump into some of these results in a lot more detail. We have Japan beating Belgium, just like Everett said, uh, a doable matchup for them to shut down really the one the one threatening player on the Belgian side. We have the crazy, crazy five-setter between Italy and Brazil, which I definitely want to dig into more. Uh, we're not really even going to address Argentina and Puerto Rico all that much because all of their matches went exactly as expected. There's really nothing to see there. Uh, Italy beat Japan in four uh, pretty convincingly, especially those last two sets, 25-14, 25-15. Uh, China had a nice five-setter against the Netherlands. Uh, good fight from the Netherlands in a match that they kind of had to win. Couldn't get it done in the fifth, and that basically ended their tournament, especially considering how hard they got smacked by Brazil the following day. And then uh, Italy did beat China, so we're going to see that match again uh, very, very shortly. But uh, Italy with a clean sweep over China, that'll give them good vibes going into the quarterfinals. Brazil beat Belgium, uh, dropped the first set, but was easily, easily in control the rest of the way. And then, yeah, China beating Belgium, Japan beating the Netherlands. Uh, that was earlier today, and those were both sweeps, both pretty much expected to wrap things up. So that is all the really meaningful results from Pool E, and now we can jump into some of them in a little more detail. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, there's really only like one match to look at here, um, and it's the probable preview of the semifinals, Italy versus Brazil, uh, back at the first day, first day of the round, and Brazil coming out with that one, and 
you know, they they looked good. They looked great. Uh, I was I was really really impressed. Uh, Gabi Guimaraes, thirty points on yeah. thirty for sixty six attacking. <laughs> Jeez, yeah, thirty for sixty six, only seven errors. Uh, what's that like? Quick efficiency math. Uh, it's it's excellent. It's it's about four hundred. <laughs> it's excellent. Yeah, it's it's terrific. <laughs> she she was so good. It was so much fun to see her and Paula Egonu go at one another. As obviously they're about to be teammates in Vaca Bank and Club. Uh, they, they've done they've done battle before, even this year in the club game. And it was great to see those two go at it. Uh, Egonu's numbers: thirty seven points total, led the match by far. Thirty three for seventy two attacking, <laughs> seventy two attempts. It's absolutely crazy. Uh, Twelve errors, three stuff walks, and an ace. But at the end of the day, what stuck out to me, Everett, was, I mean, we talk about this with teams all the time that Paula Egonu is on. In key moments, you expect the ball to go to her. And oftentimes when it does, she scores and she can single-handedly win you a tournament or win you a championship like that. But there were a couple times late when Alessia Oro, for better or for worse, decided not to go to Paula Egonu on every single ball, which I respect. And the players that were not named Igonu that she went to down the stretch didn't quite deliver for her. Uh, Elena Piatrini with two really late bad swings, both getting stuff blocked, one of them to lose the match in the fifth set. And that was kind of the difference. I think the confidence level of Brazil's supporting cast was a little bit higher than Italy's. Yeah, and I mean, you could... I was going to make the argument that, hey, Piatrini's not getting that much volume, but she's still getting 45 sets throughout the match, right? Wow. And 10, yeah. 10 for 22 with nine airs for Piatrini is not a fantastic stat line. So at the end of the day, like maybe that's Alessia Oro being like, hey, we need you to get going here. So I'm going to, I'm going to give, I'm going to give you some. Uh, but ultimately, like you like said, how how many attempts was it for for Aganu? Seventy two overall. 72. You have you have to you have to spread it out a, a little bit. I mean, Pietro uh, with forty five. I thought they did a good job of getting the pipe involved on the Italian side. So that that's actually a decent number of Pietrini's attempts. But at the end of the day, just way too many continues and way too many errors. I mean, ten kills, nine errors is just not a good spread. And they couldn't really find anything out of the second outside hitter either. Uh, Katarina Bassetti benched early. After going five for nine with two errors, Miriam Silla came in. What did she do? Uh, five for 17. So not that much like terminal ability on the left pin for Italy. And then every out-of-system ball, the right move was obviously chuck it to Pelé. Go it. Yeah, it just seemed like everyone but Agonu wasn't producing on this day. Like even down the middle, Danessi was a seven for 17, right? 41%. But then look at Chicharella, who was uh, even worse. She was four for 14 with four errors. So like even like down the middle, they weren't efficient. They weren't efficient on the left side. There was only one player who was really getting it done on the, on this day. And that, and that was a go And obviously Brazil uh, takes advantage, but to be honest, I don't, I don't know if that's a, a advantage Brazil. And I've said this before. It's so hard to beat the same team twice in one tournament. Yes, and, it is. Right. It, it, especially, especially with the way that Italy has played this game, you know, that all other five players are on that team came, maybe not Alessio Oro, uh, and maybe not the libero, but ever, everyone else on that team is is kind of like hanging their heads and being like, you know, we let the team down on this one. But that's okay. I, I, th- I think their mindset going into the rematch, if they do get there, which we'll talk about, is we know exactly. that we have room to be better the next time we see this team again. I think that's... And, and have a little bit of chip on their shoulder as exactly. well, too, to be like, it's not only like we know that we can be better, but we will be better. We will so be better. I'm, yeah. I'm excited to see what, come, what, what comes back, and I hope that Brazil is up to the task because, man, Italy and Brazil at their best that that sounds like a sick matchup to watch 
yeah if you're an italian fan don't hang your head i, I mean comment in the chat and keep getting active in the youtube live chat it's popping off right now which is great uh too many errors for agonio we see this all the time 12 errors i mean double digits in five sets is is not great but it's actually not by it's far from the worst match we've ever seen her play and she really italy was in that match because agonio was i thought pretty brilliant a lot of the time i agree with you totally everett the other every other player on that team especially the, the others that are supposed to score some number of points all of them both middles both outside hitters can be better and i think they will be better in the rematch but we do have to give brazil a ton of credit uh, i thought ana carolina was pretty good with seven blocks the blocking game for brazil against players that weren't agona was really impressive i thought they, they did an awesome job shutting down both outsides and both middle attackers yeah that Absolutely. I think Brazil just in, in, in both in both of these uh, potential like in both of the top four teams, you have two teams that run off of a big right side with Italy and Serbia and that you have two teams that maybe take a bit of more of, more of a team approach. Brazil, obviously, you are relying offensively off of off of uh, Gabi a lot, but the rest of their team works really, really well together. And that's ultimately what would help them th through this one. Yeah, well, we'll we can talk about the rematch later on, I, but. I'm not sure if Brazil can repeat that feat. I think Italy played the Italy didn't play their best game. Uh, Brazil as a team played an outstanding game, a really, really good coaching performance for sure. But they're just missing that that second or third real scoring option uh, attacking wise. I mean, the, who's second best in kills on the Brazilian side? Uh, Tainara with 10. I didn't think she was all that good. Yeah, 10, 10 for 34 with eight errors. They're still missing that sort of an opposite i mean you're never going to get someone like paula egonu but uh they definitely are missing a little bit of opposite scoring presence and they were able to get it done this time i'm not sure i would pick them to repeat that because i think italy really has some distance to go to get to their ceiling in that matchup yeah 100 percent. i agree with that all right uh let's talk about a couple other matches that happened uh in group e i mean we talked about italy italy was perfect elsewhere this week other than the five set loss to brazil uh, they beat Japan. They, they beat the rest of the teams they were supposed to beat. Uh, China 3-2 Netherlands. I don't think we really need to talk about that. But I do kind of want to talk about Italy versus China because we're going to see that matchup again. And uh, this was later. Uh, what day was this? This was yesterday? Yeah, yeah yesterday. So. Yeah, uh, it was Saturday. Uh, Paolo Egonu in, in a three-set win. Um, 27 points. 24 for 41. Only five errors. That's about 50% efficiency plus a block and two aces. That's the Igonu I think we're kind of used to seeing. Ana Danesi, great again, uh, 12 points, 8 for 12, no errors, attacking, and four stuff blocks. She's quickly rising up my personal world middle blocker ranks. Yeah, absolutely. To be honest, I just don't see China putting any type of pressure on Italy to really put put them out of, out of their way. Like, they don't... They don't have a huge block to be able to slow down Nagonu. Uh, and I think it's a really good, it's going to be a really good um, like moral boost for, for the rest of the team heading into the, the, the semifinals. Like I don't really see China putting any type of fight up, up, up against Italy. They just don't have, like, even if you look at this, this sets like Wang uh, was, was their top scorer with 11 and that's behind Denesi with 12 and Nagonu with 27. They just, you know, I, I just, I, I, and uh, admittedly, I haven't watched China a whole bunch this tournament, but that's mostly because I just haven't been, 
I think they're a solid team all around, but they just don't have anyone that's that's going to put any of these players, you know, in any type of stress. I think. Yeah, they they need a, a the Zhu Ting sort of scoring character, which they just don't have right now. I mean, Li Yingying has been their best player this tournament. She had eight points only, seven for twenty-two attacking with five errors. Like Italy completely put her in a phone booth, and China just didn't have the the scorers or the ability to put pressure in more situations. To, to slow down Italy at all. And even though that first set was 26-24, I mean, 25-16, 25-20, I bet I, I know Italy is licking their chops for this rematch in the quarterfinals. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I wouldn't put it past China to maybe take a set from Italy. I do think that they're going to put a better up, better match uh, in the quarterfinals than they did in the pool play. You know, there's just so much more riding on the quarterfinals. You get to prepare for it. You get a little bit of rest leading up to it. Um, and I think that, especially with that, the way Italy plays, that they are susceptible sometimes to, to losing a set um, oh so sure I yeah wouldn't ex- wouldn't be surprised to see to see a 3-1 in this one for italy yeah that's a pretty decent pick i do think that i, I really like the tournament that alessia oro is having i mean it's impossible to kind of quantify a setter performance other than like full team offensive efficiency but i really like her well her connection with middles has always been outstanding i love watching her set to ac i like how she's getting pipe involved i like her just level of disguise and kind of keeping opponent opposing blockers on their edges or on, on the edges of their toes she's got a couple great like highlight reel one-handed sets this tournament and i think she's getting the outside involved just the right amount and i think if they produce for her the way that i think everyone in italy kind of expects uh we, we will definitely see italy against brazil again in the semis and maybe uh, a, a chance for an italian repeat on both the men's and the women's sides in the finals I mean, I think right now Italy is my favorite to win this tournament just based on the way they've, they've played in, in the ensemble they have. And you're absolutely right. You know, I've definitely thought and, and, and continuously watching Italy play. I'm like, man, they're giving so much volume to Agono. But then you look at the stats and she's doing a pretty good job at spreading things around. And like, just like, just like we talked about in that game against Brazil, it was really more so the hitters not producing as opposed to not giving, not giving the chance and giving just so much volume to Agonu. Now, I would want to go back and kind of, and that's something I'm definitely going to watch in the quarterfinals and the semifinals, just the quality of balls that they're getting, yeah. right? Like, yeah. is is it due to the setting that they're not, like, is it just not there for them? Like, is she setting a, you know, like, why why is that? Or is it just the hitters who who weren't executing? So, you know, maybe I'll have to go check, go back and check that out a little bit and, and look forward to a little bit more. But yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Oro has... Con- continues to solidify herself as one of the top setters in the in the women's game without a doubt yeah i agree I'm, I'm glad that she's kind of taken the that role by the reins over ophelia malinov i think she's i think oro's the better player uh want to talk about japan for a little bit there's not really that much to say because they lost to italy like everyone expected and then they beat everyone else they were supposed to be i mean the belgium win was a good one uh just playing the right matchup uh we, we kind of thought they were going to beat the netherlands we thought they were going to beat uh who's the last team they played uh, yeah, they beat the Netherlands. They beat Puerto Rico, no problem. So, uh, not that much to say about Japan. They've had a very good tournament. I mean, seven and two is a great number. I just don't really see them repeating that magic of beating Brazil and pools in the rematch in the, in the round of eight. No, I, I I really don't see it either. Um, and I mean, who are they playing? They're playing the USA. Like it just it it doesn't it doesn't look good of them. No, wait. They're, no, sorry, Japan. They're Japan plays Brazil again. Yeah, they're, 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 and, yeah, they're playing Brazil again. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Japan I, uh, beat Brazil in pool play, uh, which was a great win. I, I don't see it happening again, though. Personally, no, uh, absolutely not. And I mean, I think Japan is a, is a really good team. Like they're they're very steady. They're probably the most consistent, and probably not. They're definitely the most consistent team in volleyball. 
right? You know what you're going to get from them. They're always going to play tough defense. They're going to pass well. They're going to serve tough, and that they're pr- they're pretty good all around. But they just just they just don't have that fire plat power to 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 play with the big guns. You yeah, know? they get they get Serena Koga. Sorry, Serena Koga back from early injury that definitely helps. But I still don't see yeah the firepower to keep up with even a team like Brazil, who I think is built kind of similarly, but bigger and stronger at every individual position i i don't see him pulling it off again in that matchup but no. they, they did what they were supposed to do this week uh they, they nobody expected them to beat italy we did kind of expect them to beat belgium and the netherlands and they did and speaking of belgium and the netherlands both of them go one and three this week i mean i, I somebody mentioned earlier in the chat I feel bad for brit herbots her her shoulder is probably about to fall off i mean yeah that's just kind of the nature of the beast if you're gonna play that style uh, I mean, she had that one 41-point banger against the Netherlands, which we talked about. 30 against Japan, 28 against Italy, 28 against Argentina, 25, 21 points. Uh, is right now in the lead for the whole tournament in scoring. Uh, one of only two players to get to 200 points in nine matches, which is insane. Uh, but the efficiency numbers aren't nearly as good, which unfortunately this website won't let me pull up the, the whole tournament efficiency stats but we kind of know what Belgium's game plan has been we talked about him a lot last week it was the same thing this week and once you get to this week where all, you're just playing against good teams day in and day out they're going to know the matchup and they're going to execute against it yeah absolutely and then just once again the style just it doesn't match up against pretty much anyone from that pool other than you know what was it Argentina or Puerto Rico can't can't really remember it doesn't really matter but I think it was Argentina it doesn't matter they yeah yeah, they they did beat Argentina 3-0 exactly so having to play uh Brazil and Japan and China just it it just doesn't work out for them and you know those are teams are going to make you swing a lot and Britt Harbots just at the end of the day she's not she's not superhuman she can't do it all not quite uh she's in one of the best outside hitters in the world. We need more than one score on a volleyball team to go deep in a tournament like this. Absolutely. Uh, so I think we kind of know this is pretty predictable. <clears throat> Excuse me. We kind of saw this coming, and sure enough, that that top corner of the bracket being played in the Netherlands is Italy versus China rematch and Brazil versus Japan rematch. So we'll talk a little bit more about the bracket at the end of the show. But I think that's about it for Group E. Everett, do you agree? Can we go to Pool yep, F? Let's 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 move on to Pool F. Here, things were way yes. worse. Yes, they were. Uh, what a crazy pool this was. I mean, we kind of saw it coming. Every team in this group was going to be really competitive. No pushover teams like Puerto Rico and Argentina. Even Germany grabbed a, a, a huge key upset of beating Thailand to make things kind of interesting and taking Poland to five yesterday. But uh, Poland does, sorry, Germany does finish in eighth. Terrible week for Thailand going 0-4. Uh, to finish in seventh of uh, the Dominican Republic with not a great week. Let's see. Did they even win a match? Uh, yes, they won one. They beat Germany, but they lost to Canada. Great five setter, which we'll talk about in a second. Dominican Republic finishes in sixth. Uh, Canada comes up just, just, just barely short at five and four in fifth. And the teams <sighs> and the teams moving on Serbia undefeated looking like giants right now. Nine to no in first the United States, seven and two in second. Turkey is six and three in third, and Poland six and three. Uh, they will continue their tournament playing at home. They get out in fourth. A lot to get to at this pool for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we talked about it last week that this pool was going to be a banger, and that like we we said, even Germany can go get out there and and steal some games. That's exactly what they did. And I mean, they made a difference in this pool because if Poland had taken that game in three or four, they'd be sitting in third place playing the United States instead of sitting in fourth and playing against Serbia. 
So there's, you know, like Germany was there to, to, to make their mark. And, uh, you know, I, I personally wish they had done it a little bit more. I know early on in the first set that they were leading against Turkey and I was very hopeful for that would, would look good, but you know, kudos to them, Thailand, you know, we talk about matchups playing in yes. that round one against all of those big banger teams. It really worked out in Thailand's favor, right? Because they like that's the type of 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 game that they thrive against. That's the type of game they th- they th- they thrive in. But then when you play, obviously Serbia and and USA are just far out of the league. But both Canada and Germany play a bit more of a consistent and a bit more of a grinder style. Um, like personally, I thought that 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 beating the, the Thailand the the way to open up round two like that was one of the our best games of the tournament. Um, it just kind of set set the tone for us, and it and it put us in a in a dangerous mindset. And, and I love loved watching it. Um, it it was great. And then, as you said, the Dominican Republic. It just seemed like they they lost a bit of steam as the tournament went on. Yeah, this we've said it many times throughout the tournament. This is a marathon and not a sprint. And there were a couple teams, yeah, Thailand and Dominican Republic in particular, that I thought really started to run out of gas. Uh, so here, let's go through some of the scan through the results really quick before we break a couple more of them down. Yeah, starting off on Tuesday with Canada beating Thailand first thing in the morning. That was a statement game and uh, really made things interesting. Uh, United States beat Dominican Republic with pretty little resistance. Turkey beat Germany, no problem. Serbia beat Poland, no problem. Next day, Germany beating Thailand was huge. That uh, put uh, just huge risk on Thailand's chances to advance, and they were never quite that able to recover from that. Killed it right there, right? Yeah, because they were going to turn around and beat and USA beat Serbia, and Serbia, which they were yeah. not going to do. So, yeah, that that it, it wasn't mathematically true, but it kind of felt like their tournament was dead at that point. Uh, Turkey beat Canada, really good match. I wish that Canada had been able to grab one of those two sets there. You see sets two and three, 26, 24, 28, 26. Grab one of those in extra points, but it wasn't quite to be. Serbia handled Dominican Republic and then a very odd head scratcher. Uh, my beloved United States getting three-donged, as we mentioned earlier in the show, by Poland. Uh, we'll, we'll break that one down just a little bit. That one kind of came out of nowhere. Really helped Poland advance for sure. Yeah, yeah, Serbia beating Thailand, no problem. United States versus Turkey, 3-1 that we won. We'll get into that one. That wasn't a particularly good match on either side. Dominican Republic beat Germany, whatever. Sloppy. Yeah, and then uh, Poland and Canada, that's a match we'll certainly talk about. A crazy, crazy match, 15-5, to though, in the fifth. And then uh, last but not least, yesterday, uh, we barely get by Thailand in five. Uh, Serbia handles Turkey relatively easily. Uh, Canada ends their tournament with an incredible win uh, over the Norseka rivals. And then Poland uh, barely survives against Germany to book their ticket to the next round. So that's Group F. Well, let's break it down a little bit more. Yeah, which 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 one of these matches do you want to start with here, here Rob? Do we want to... Uh... Let's talk about. Let's see. Uh, or do we want to do about, this? Let's talk about USA Poland. I kind of want to talk about USA Poland. We'll go, go through a little bit and we'll save because uh, we got two quarterfinal rematches because Serbia just beat Poland 3 0. They're about to play again. USA beat Turkey 3 1. They're about to play again. We'll save those for, for, for kind of the end. Uh, I want to start with kind of the head scratcher that was USA getting smoked by Poland 3 0. Uh, Magdalena Stisiak was awesome, was one takeaway that I had. Uh, 16 for 32, four errors is a great match, three stuff blocks. And the United States is struggling on offense right now, dude. Not only is Jordan Poulter clearly not 100%, but we just can't find sources of scoring points. I mean, our leading scorer was Andy Drews with 12. 12 for 32 with seven errors. Just not efficient. And then both outside hitters, I mean, Kelsey Robinson – 
uh, five for 22 with four errors. That's not good at all. Ali Franti, two for 13 with three errors, negative efficiency. I mean, our, our, our wings right now are just not what they were last year in the Olympic run. I mean, look, I've been saying it since the preview of, of VNL this year that I really don't know who you give the ball to in clutch situations before you had Jordan Larson, right? You had the governor. She was, she was the heart and soul of that team. And then you knew in clutch situations, we can just chuck it up and she's going to do something with it. Even if she's technically the best, even if she wasn't physically the best, she was at the end of her career. She just had that mentality. There's no one on team USA that I look and see that has that, that full on, give me that mentality. There was one player, but that's Catherine Plummer. And I mean, that mentality was maybe a little, misplaced and misguided at, at times or maybe you know it, it it just wasn't there it wasn't there fully so i look at this team usa as being the best team in the world right as a team how they work together how how they they can they conduct themselves how they spread the offense how they block how they, they play defense how they serve all of these things they're the best team but they're just missing that that key component uh and it's just really just the only standard the only solid uh positions they have in their team are, are down the middle the setter position even though Poulter is 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 injured right now and the libero all of their outsides are kind of a bit of a, a revolving door and it, it kind of it kind of shows different looks and i would just like to see them go with someone but no one has really gone out and grabbed that that spot yeah we talk about teams a lot that are true great cohesive teams like i think the united states is like you said and that being the team being greater than the sum of its individual parts. Now, the thing for the United States is a couple of those individual parts have just got to be a little bit better or a little bit more complete or a little bit more able to kind of stand on their own. We don't have an attacker that I think anybody else is really afraid of right now. Like There was a point in the chat, uh, like Annie Drew's attacks just get easy block touches for the opponent to transition. I agree. She doesn't hit the ball that high. Uh, she doesn't hit it with a crazy amount of range. Uh, she hits the ball hard, which is great, but with a good block up in front of her, she's either getting housed or uh, the ball's getting slowed down. Same thing with the outside hitters. Like Nobody really is afraid of Kelsey Robinson or Ali Franti right now. They understand the scouting report against those players. And they'll, they'll tag some sidelines every so often. They're both pretty good out of the pipe. But in high ball situations, there's just nobody on the United States team that I love or I, I feel like inspires that much confidence to kill you a ball when you need it in an out-of-system situation. I think a lot of the other teams in this, in this tournament that are medal contenders do kind of have that player, whether it's an opposite or an outside. And I just don't really think we have it right now. It, that even Poland, uh, Magdalena Stisiak is that player for them. Right Absolutely. Now. Dude, she even is. Canada, right? Like yeah, with, with, with Alexa Gray and, and, and Alexa Kier Van Rake. Like we have we have two players out there that are are looking at it. I mean, hey, I, I I said at the beginning of this tournament, Alexa Gray actually has American citizenship, right? She went to BIU, she went to USAV, uh, like like high performance camps and and tryouts, and she straight up asked Karch, "Do you see me having a, a spot and a role on this team?" And Karch said no, and that's when she decided to go come back and play for Canada where, where she grew up and, and lived and, and had done junior stuff and stuff in the past. But do you think at this point, Karch is not looking over at Alexa Gray leading Canada and having, you know, like there's, there's no American outside who's leading like a, like a top five score multiple years in the, in the, uh, the Italian league, right? There's no American outside that's leading any teams in the champions league. Like it, you guys have so much good talent, 
but no one is that like 85, you know, 85 or, or higher in, in a video's game score. I mean, yeah, that's that's the thing. And I mean, I, I, I'm not sure that Karch is really worried about that right now because his team's still playing and Alexa Gray's team is not still playing. Yeah, yeah, okay. Just okay. so you know. But uh, <laughs> I, sure, could, could we use a banger of a score somewhere? Yes. I mean, I miss Jordan Thompson right now. I miss, uh, I definitely miss Jordan Larson right now. I even miss like like Michelle Barch-Hackley. I think would be a great fit on this team. Uh, just we don't really have that player right now and somebody's either going to have to have an amazing match or we're going to have to be incredibly consistently in system to win a medal at this tournament. And that means just giving a bunch of balls to Haley Washington, Chaco Bogu, who have both been awesome. And there's a question in the chat, uh, Poulter or Carlini, who's better? Well, the answer is Poulter, but Jordan Poulter is not hundred percent healthy. And I think a lot of the complaints from the, the United States fan base, the last, this last week and watching these matches, because lost to Poland, really disappointing win over Turkey and not convincing. It was not a clean volleyball match at all. We'll talk about it in a minute and going down O2 to Thailand before having to rescue it. I think, well, Jordan Poulter is not healthy. That's very clear. She got hurt in round one pools. I don't know exactly what it is, but she's working her way through it. She does not look mobile enough. She is not hundred percent. People are a little bit upset with Karch not pulling the trigger and going to Carlini full time. I'm not. I'm not convinced one way or the other. But it's definitely something to watch. It's kind of like the Micah Christensen analog in the men's tournament when he wasn't healthy. What do we do at the center position? But man, I don't know. I to, to me, if I think it, Courtney it's, makes it's... a difference. I don't know if that's fair. I mean, there's there's a lot of a lot of people just like searching for different places on this roster for answers, and I don't really see it it's it's kind of it's what we kind of saw going into the tournament we don't have that one player right now i kind of think that you want to go with carlini at this point just because i don't like polter's longevity throughout this tournament like like i know there's only two more games but it, it just just doesn't seem to do it do it for me like why not give the ball to carlini like i, I think you've really reached polter's polter's knacks and let's be honest like the, the next two games are or the next you know three potential games are, are the are the biggest ones against the best teams um, and can Poulter get it done at that level right now? I'm not really sure. So why not just give the ball to Car- Carlini and let her run with it and let Poulter come off the bench uh, in that way, in, in, in limited use? You know, uh, I think if, if that's the case and she can come off the bench and, hey, yeah, she can set in a fourth set or, or something like that because her, her body's feeling a little bit better because she hasn't been used, you know, a little bit of load management. Like, I think that's best case scenario right now, right now for them. And you just kind of got to run with Carlini and see what she can do. Yeah, I mean, we've seen the 6-2 a lot this tournament for the United States, bringing in uh, Danielle Catino and Lauren Carlini. And normally there would be no reason to do that because Annie Drews is a good back row attacker and Jordan Poulter is a good blocker. But that's when she's healthy. And I think that that's really the biggest giveaway that uh, Poulter's not 100% is that they're not trusting her out to keep running the offense and stay out there as a blocker. If they think she's that much more of a liability at blocking than she usually is, that you have to run a 6-2 sometimes, then that that is a is a big indicator for me. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, Carlini's still a fantastic setter. Like, let's be honest, there was, there was a while where people thought that she was going to be the next, you know, the next setter for, for Team USA. And I'm sure in her set, her head, given the fact that she was cut from the, the, the Olympic team and it still came back for more and it's still pushing, I still think in her head, she still thinks to, uh, that she is. So why not give her the ball? She has that confidence. She has the abilities. Let's just see what she does with it. 
Yeah, I don't hate it. I mean, if she's the healthier of the two players, I think it's it's a no brainer. You should probably put her out there. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's let's move on. Uh, while we're talking about the United States, I think we should talk about the Turkey match a little bit because we just saw it. We're about to see it again in the quarterfinals. Uh, United States wins three one. 25-22, 21-25, 25-20, So all pretty competitive sets. But like I said, this was not a clean game of volleyball. Uh, the passing game on the United States side was not good. Uh, the attacking game on the Turkish side was not good. I mean, when you have a middle blocker in Zara Gunesh leading the entire match in scoring, uh, it was 16 only in a four-set match. Doesn't say many great things about the rest of your offense, even though Karakert was there tied with her. Same thing for the U.S. Chaco Bogu, 15 points in the middle. Uh, seven for 10 attacking, six blocks and two aces. I mean, that is an amazing line. Uh, but you should have, in, in four sets, you would really want to have a couple other players who are more, like, taking more swings, fill up the stat sheet a little more, and we just didn't quite see that. But it was good enough for a win. Uh, we, we've got a lot of people in the chat talking about both these teams not being very impressed with how either of them look. And I kind of agree. I mean, at this point, if, if either of these two teams plays like this, whichever one of them wins in the quarterfinals is just going to get stomped by Serbia in the semifinal round. Yeah, I mean, Kar- Karakut has been one of the most up-and-down players in this tournament. And in this one, there's no difference. For like 14 kills, 11 errors, 14 continues on 39 swings, right? That's not a great stat line. That that, that needs to be better. That's why Jaragunesh, who's, once again, a middle, is leading your team in scoring. Like, it, it's just, and it's it's kind of the same thing on both sides, where they're struggling on the, on the outside. A little bit more fire on the Turkey side of things, Turkey side of things with Karakut, but... Um, a little bit more consistent on the U.S. A side of things, depending no matter who you have, whether it's Annie Drews or or Daniel Catino, um, their their best players and their most consistent most consistent players are just Our down middles. the middle. <laughs> um, so yeah, I I think that's like to be honest, I I just don't see the quality that I need from Baladin or Sahin uh, on on the left side for for Turkey and. Karakut's mood has just been so up and down throughout this entire tournament. Like, there's been so many times where the ball is just so far out. She's screaming for a touch, and Gudetti's just sitting there, kind of rolling his eyes and just like, like tell, <laughs> tell, telling her to get back to it. Like, she's just all over the place emotionally. Like, I always forget that she's only 22, right? right. It just it's just because she's been been around in, in the game so long. But yeah, I don't see I don't see this being a breakout tournament for for Turkey, and I don't see them pushing the USA in the in the quarterfinals at all. Yeah, I like the USA in the rematch for sure, just because of the clean and consistent style of, of ball we can play against them. And I mean, even Kudetti, I think, said it afterwards. It's like this was a missed opportunity for us. I'm talking about this uh, four set loss to the United States the other day because he acknowledged that the USA didn't play very well. And uh, their offense just was so bad they couldn't really take advantage of it. Uh, other than the middle, of course, because Gunesh was awesome. I mean, what, what were what was her attacking percentage? Fifteen for twenty-one with two errors. That's like sixty percent efficiency. That's crazy. And yeah. Uh, but yeah, Karakur not good. Uh, I do want to shout out Chaku Bogu even more because she of her six stuff blocks, which led all players. There were a couple absolute like highlight reel career enders. Her blocking handwork is so good she's so far over the net she takes up so much space and she's just impossible to hit around and she never gets tooled she's an absolute textbook a perfect presentation for how you want to block the ball what do you want what you want to do with your hands there are some that went so far straight down they almost like 
hit hit the center line or on our own side after going on the Turkish side of the net. Her is, blocking game was awesome. Is she the best middle in the world right now? Ooh, wow, what a question. Uh, I think Zara Gunesh has got to claim it that. Uh, I'd like to see a little bit more of Ogbogu as attacking. I think Gunesh is the better attacker. Okay, fair enough. I, yes. I think Anna Danesi has a claim uh, in that discussion. Anna, Cor- Anna Carolina as well. Yeah, I mean, Anna Carolina is another incredible blocker. I mean, but it's we're like gonna, those four, there was four. Yeah, maybe it is. Uh, like, and, we're, and they're gonna they're gonna go at each other again, probably in the semifinals. Well, uh, in this case, quarterfinals like Bogu versus Gunesh again. Club teammates is awesome, and then probably Denise versus Anna Carolina again how, uh, in the semis. Like that, those are great middle matchups. If you're a middle like me and Everett, both used to be middles once upon a time. It's fun. It's fun for us to watch these girls. These like when you think about what the potential dream team could be at this tournament, it could ne- pretty much be Vakov Bank. <laughs> like yeah, you could have you could, could have a Bogu, a Bogu, um, and Gunesh and uh, Gabby and a Gonu potentially all on the dream team <laughs> for this tournament, and that's essentially Vakov Bank right there. Yeah, so a, that's um, like if Vakov Bank fuck. doesn't go go and just win everything this year, uh, I. I I'd be I'd be very surprised. That's yeah, that's a, quite the different conversation. Uh, I think we've let's see, we've talked about the United States, we talked about Turkey a bit because they're going to see each other again. Uh, I want to talk about Serbia. Serbia just looks ridiculous. I think they've dropped what like two sets the entire tournament. Let me double check that. They're, yeah, I think it's only two sets to uh, Bulgaria when they went to Bulgaria, yeah, like five with Bulgaria <laughs> in round one. That's Other it. than 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 that, they've been perfect. And I mean, let's be honest, Serbia's on a war path here. They There's one thing dude. that they want, and they want to repeat as world champions. And I think they're looking. They're, I think they're looking really, really good to do that. Um, they're they've been the statistically they've been the best team but also the eye test they've been the best team throughout this entire tournament hey you want to know tiana boscovich's tournament efficiency yeah what is it for the tournament 452 oh my god <laughs> this woman is hitting 452 on the tournament her efficiency is better than most like pretty much everyone else is hitting kill hitting, percentage like, yeah hitting nobody percentage, nobody yeah. kills 45 oh percent of the balls in in the women's game boscovich is killing 55 percent of the balls um, with only 24 errors in nine matches, that is completely, completely insane. And um, I mean, I've, I've talked about it on the show before. I thought that the way the United States played against her in the Olympics last year should have kind of given the rest of the world a template on how to block and defend against Tiana Boscovich. She has said, screw that. Like, I don't care what you're doing against me. She is feasting this tournament, a very strong MVP candidate. Absolutely, but I do think that there's such a not having Boscovich at VNL this year and having that team make that VNL run is what's making the difference because you don't Absolutely. just have Boscovich anymore. Who's who's that player? Because it, you, if you go back to last year, they shut down Boscovich, and that was kind of it. No one else was standing up. But you now you have Busa, you have Mihailovic, and sure they're not putting up fantastic numbers. Uh, like Boscovich, but Busta is still out there. Like she scored twenty six in the, in that five setter uh, against uh, against Bulgaria, um, and then you know since then, like they don't they don't really they they haven't really been pushed. Like even in the game against USA, um, it just it, they they haven't really been pushed yet. So yeah, it's it's they just they just got so much quality everywhere, and the fact that they're doing this without Maya Ogenovic as well is 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 pretty crazy. 
Yeah, I'm I'm looking at the the stats from Serbia's three nothing win over Poland because we're going to see that matchup again in the quarterfinals. And uh, it was like Buskovic with 14 didn't even have to do that much. It was actually the Serbian middles uh, who really lit up the stat sheet in this one. I've kind of seen that the whole tournament. I think Jovana Stevanovic is having a great tournament. I think Maya Alexic is kind of putting herself on the map this tournament. There, uh, the blocking numbers are good. The attacking numbers are good enough, and it's just another kind of factor of that Serbian offense that like last year in the Olympics, for example, there was, you didn't even have to block against their middles. You didn't even have to bother. If, if they were two, three, four feet off the net, you could sell two, maybe even three blockers to Boscovich and do what you could. Now there's so much more spacing. And then that a little bit more of an outside hitter threat that you have to worry about. That is a lot of, a lot of the reason why Boscovich is having such a ridiculous number so far. I don't think that there's a team at the tournament right now who feels as good about themselves as as Serbia. Oh, and right? as well they should. They're yeah. just they're just running. And if you're looking like other than Boscovic, maybe even Boscovic, you know, like like Boscovic didn't play against Kazakhstan in, in the first round. Like if you look down their lineup, they've they've sat all of their all of their best players, they've sat at some point, right? And like they their players like they've they've gone deep into their bench. Um, which means that they're just a little bit fresher and and a little bit more ready to go into the next round. I think I think it's going to take a lot to beat them. Like I, I really truly think it's going to it's going to take a lot to beat this this Serbian team. Yeah, Santarelli is doing a really good job managing the roster. I mean, marathon, not a sprint. We've said it a bunch. He's he's gotten the girls a little bit of rest here and there. Not everyone's had to play all nine matches, but even when they have, every match is a three zero anyway. So nobody's getting that tired out there. Uh, yeah, Serbia looks amazing. Uh, I I see them going to the finals for sure. I don't. I, I although I think that the United States can beat Turkey in the quarters. I don't see us beating Serbia in the semis. I do want to talk about Poland though, because uh, uh, I'm just happen to be looking at this stat sheet of Serbia three zero Poland, and we've talked about uh, Magdalena Stisiak having a great tournament. This match not quite so good. Uh, twelve for thirty two with ten errors, and a, a lot of where she's really made her money in this tournament is in the blocking game. I wonder if she's the leading blocker in the tournament. Let's look. Uh, fifth. Wow, fifth with actually tied for fourth with 31 stuff blocks uh, with her teammate uh, Agnieszka Kornelik in the middle and is the only non-middle blocker in the top five. Actually, the only non-middle blocker in the top 15. <laughs> it's crazy. Wow. Yes, Sticiak's having a great blocking tournament, so uh, that's helped her a lot. But I mean, kind of like we predicted going in, Everett, with as long as this tournament is and as prominent as Sticiak is for the Polish offense, like they just have to give her like a, I don't know, a Kaurkurts or an almost even an Agonu level of balls on offense. She seems to be running out of gas. I was a little concerned about her endurance in a tournament like this, and I think it's starting to show up at the wrong time for Poland. Yeah, and I mean, you saw kind of, I think you saw that peak against the USA. And then the next day, they went to five with Canada. The next day, they go to five with uh, with Germany. And both of those five setters, you know, you can argue that they maybe necessarily shouldn't have happened. I mean, we'll talk about the Canada and uh, and Poland one in, in after this. But yeah, she looked really, really good early on. And I do think that she's starting to to slow down a little bit. And I just don't know if they have enough tank in the gas to get past Serbia in the first round. Like, to be honest, I, I don't. They don't. I, they don't. I, I, yeah, I don't think that they do. They yeah. just don't have the complete team. Stiziak is not. Boscovic, everywhere they match up, except for maybe Kornaluk, like, they, 
they and, yeah, they, they and do the well. setter. I, yeah. I mean, P- Poland's outside hitter position True. hasn't yeah. been all that good this tournament. I mean, they've got a couple characters rotating in there. I thought I think that Rozanski has been pretty good. Rozanski but... is. I thought that Rozanski or Rozanska has been very has been very solid throughout yeah. throughout the the entire tournament. She she has been very good. Um, but yeah, yeah this Goretzka is, in... is another one. But it's it's kind of like Serbia. They're built that same way, but Serbia's opposite is better. I think Serbia's middles are a little more complete. And while Poland has the better setter, uh, I, I mean, Boscovich is just so much better than everyone else in that matchup that I don't see him. I don't see him being touched. Like I could see it being another three-zero. Yeah, maybe. I mean, they do have the home crowd at their advantage, right? Like I do, I do see them getting a bit, bit of a pushback, um, especially since that you have a little bit of time off. They had, they had today off. They'll have tomorrow off before the semifinals on Tuesday. So I do think that there's going to be a bit more pep in, in Stizyak's step. So I, I could see Poland taking a set, and I, I do expect them to take a set, once again, especially at home. And lately, the crowds have been phenomenal in Lodz. Um, But uh, yeah, ultimately, this this game is Serbia's to to lose. Yeah, I agree. Uh, let's talk about Canada. I think it's, it's, it's time to spend a long time on this Canadian women's team. Amazing tournament. Best, amazing, best, amazing tournament. Uh, best we can tournament talk ever. By far. Before. For for us, and like statistically, uh, in terms of the world championships, our best result was an eleventh, and that goes back a long time. So uh, it was finally the tournament where we learned how to compete with with the the best teams in the world. Like maybe not necessarily be ready to beat the, the tops, but even when you go back to the to the Serbia and USA matches, which were our first matches of the tournament, Rob, you and I spoke after them, and I was like, you know what, I'm not mad at those. We no, didn't lose no. a set, but I, I felt that we we held our own and, and we stuck with it. And I mean, we went up against and and we we were we were so close to going three and one. And in that that match against Poland, I said to uh, I was actually like I brought my laptop to work as I was opening up the bar, and my cook is actually a a, a bit of a volleyball fan, so he we were watching it together as we were we were we were getting ready to open. And when they lost the fourth set, I said, like, we, we don't we don't have this now. Like, if, yeah. if we had been able to win that fourth oh. set and win it in four, which I do think was on the table, um, then, like, we, we would have won that match, right? Obviously, the net violation on the follow-through on the overpass swing to lose yeah, the fourth there set, was, that was a killer. Yeah, so, but ultimately, when you look at what this team did throughout this tournament, it was, I think, incredible. I mean an overall record of um, six or five and four, five and four. Um, The only teams we lost to are all teams in the quarterfinals. Um, We took care of business against teams ranked higher than us. That the last win against the Dominican Republic made us jump Thailand in this, the the standings and now we're ranked 14th um, in the standings. And it, it was, it was truly better than I could have, uh, expected from this team, um, and it's it's honestly the 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 best I've ever seen the women's national team play. It's the most proud I've been ever been of the women's national team, and I look at this roster, and this is a roster that's going to be around for a long time. You know, barring Jen Cross, who has been the heart and soul of this program for a long time now, has been been around since she was a teenager before she went and and played at, at was an All American at Michigan. Um, this is a very young team. I mean, Kira Van Rijk is only is only 22 year, years old. Alexa Gray is a little bit a little bit older at 28, but she's still got got some life in her. And there's some really really good stuff coming through through the program. So, ultimately, 
just so happy about the way that this team played. I mean, even if you go back to that Turkey match, we held the lead in each one of those sets. We had set set point in the third. Like there was just there was there's so many there's so many obvious moments where there's room for growth when you watch this team. Like I mean, at the end of the day, Kira Van Rank finished fourth in scoring. She truly established herself as as one of the premier uh, opposite hitters in in this tournament uh, and in the world. Um, errors are still a bit of an issue. I mean, she had 14 errors against in the match against Poland, only 18 kills. It was like 26 continues or something like that. Like if she can if she can change that number down to like half of those, maybe like seven, eight, or nine, you know, that's the the, the five point difference that that we lost and 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 we win. Um, but yeah, this this team was fantastic all the way through. Emily Maggio Maggio was amazing down the middle. I, I felt Ariel Palermo stepped up huge. Hillary Howe had some fantastic did some fantastic stuff on the left side, but and then ultimately like Bree Kim Bree King. The fact that she's going to set for Bernardino this year uh, in Brazil, who's arguably one of the best coaches of all time and is one of the best setter coaches of all time, is making my mouth water so much because. You know, I, I think it was either last show or the show before that you asked me, is she one of the best settlers in the world? And I think that if there's like a most improved player award for um, or like a, I definitely I think if there's a most improved team award, it goes to us in, for in this sure. tournament without question, yeah. without a doubt. It was amazing to watch and I couldn't be happier for Coach Shannon Windsor. And I mean, I'll be the first one to admit when she was hired on, I was just kind of like, oh, crap, like, you know. Tom Black is gone and we're just kind of hiring someone who's in, within the system. And I am so happy I'm wrong because watching her in every single timeout, she's engaged. She's giving good information. She's like emotionally connected to the team. She had some of the best, like one of the best records for, um, for challenge calls. Like I was so confident in her and the, and the rest of the team making the challenge call every single time. And um, I couldn't be more excited about, where this team is going and for the the first time in my history and within canadian volleyball we have a women's team that's better than the men's team right now um crazy and 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 that's absolutely the case i mean they they were they were terrific you have two world-class wings in in van Rijk and gray they both had great tournaments you have a rising superstar setter in brie king then then there's so much youth and a lot just so much learning that was done in this tournament. I mean, you can look at a couple points here or there, and if they go the other way, Canada's playing in the quarterfinals. Like, it really was that close. But even though it was extremely, extremely close, you could interpret that as disappointing. I'm, I'm totally with you. I, if I were a Canadian fan, I would be thrilled. And I have all the respect in the world for Shannon Windsor and the job she and that program have done. Very, very impressive. Big, very big impressive. shout out to Shannon Windsor to be the only female head coach at the Women's World World Championship as well. She's out there and and she's doing it and and she's making it happen. And also, don't don't forget too that the MVP of the NCAA tournament last year in the NCAA finals was Anna Schmreck, uh from eighteen uh, year old Canadian, exactly yeah, she's, from she's... Wisconsin, who's an eighteen year old six foot five Canadian. So <laughs> we've got some bullets in the pipeline and i could not be more excited and happy for women's canadian women's volleyball right now well said i think that's a great way to wrap wrap it up for canada uh yeah they go home i wonder what their final uh their final finish is let's let's see what it is officially probably maybe it might be ninth tenth 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 belgium ninth canada tenth amazing i mean that's that's a top 10 in the world that this tournament's amazing like finally i do think like i one last thing to wrap it up that win against dominican to finish the tournament i think is way more meaningful 
than than a lot of people know like a yeah. we got to stop a dominican from moving on but dominican has been up a, a top 10 team a premier team in the world now for a decade they've been you know the either first or second place of the norseka championships for a number of years now they've caused a world of of trouble for the usa and i mean they look good at this tournament, but I think that that win over Dominican, we've beat them at a few like little tournaments here and there, but never in a meaningful match. This was this was a, a statement game for Team Canada with that win, and there's now three teams in Norseka, and Dominican better be bringing their A game because I know we will be. Yeah, like I mean, I said it on last week's show that match Canada versus the Dominican Republic was an opportunity to pass the torch uh, with Dominican kind of on their past the the top of the hill in terms of them being an elite international team and Canada clearly on the climb on the way up towards that peak and I think that there is a, a little handoff going on there with that win uh, I don't know huge. if it's a handoff as we wrestled wrestled that tor- torch away from them but you know ultimately it's the the, the same <laughs> result at the end of the day yes it was uh yeah I mean we talked about Dominican Republic and Thailand both a little bit already I think it, even though they're they both couldn't be more different stylistically what kind of happened to them this week was similar and that I think they both kind of ran out of gas I think they're really really good teams understood the matchups against them the physical highball style of Dominican Republic and the lightning fast precise offense of Thailand when you're better and then there's more film on a team from the very same tournament and you're able to prepare for that distinct matchup more you can be more ready for it that combined with those uh, those teams just kind of running out of gas a little bit uh, I think explains a little bit about uh, Dominican Republic and Thailand's weeks but I mean Thailand you've got to say that's disappointing disappointing to go oh and four this week after starting off four and one they, they put themselves in a great spot yeah there's no other way to say it like they go they start the tournament four and one against you know statistically like higher ranked teams and then they end up losing to teams like uh canada and germany losing to serbia and usa that's going to happen yeah they need to get the job again uh, done against canada and germany and but i said like the just the matchup doesn't work against like germany is very systematic as as they would be canada's very gritty as we would be and it just doesn't work out well for against thailand Yep, and then uh, Germany, last but not least. I mean, they they came out, I think, what, two and three uh, from, from pools. I don't think they were ever going to really make it out at, at, at that record in this difficult of a group. But uh, three and six for Vital Heinen and company and uh, the, the upset win. I mean, well, they almost took Poland there at the end. Uh, but they had the upset win over Thailand that kind of shook up the pool. Good for Germany. I don't really have anything more to say about them. No, I mean they 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 did all right. They they got a win in 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 round two. They weren't as useless as Puerto Rico and Argentina. Boy, uh, they useless. They, they just don't have like Lippmann, Orthman. Like they just they just don't have that quality of of player yet to to play up at that level. They're still looking for that athlete to really push them into the next level. Yeah, hopefully they get there. Uh, all right. Uh, anything else about Group F before we look at the bracket one more time? No, I think uh, ultimately it was a much more exciting group. Yeah. Um, a lot um, of five setters. A lot uh, of lot of five setters. Good battle. Um, once again, just super stoked by the way that we we held our own and 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 thro- thrive in this group. And uh, yeah, excited for the next round. Excited for the quarters. Yeah. A lot to feel great about if you are a Canadian fan. But uh, their tournament is over. Uh, a lot to not feel so great about if you're an American fan. But fortunately, our tournament is still going. We'll see how far it goes. Oh, exactly. real quick update yeah. in the chat was wrong schmreck isn't six five she's six foot nine that's what i thought i thought she was an absolute monster she she is an absolute monster i could go all day about this girl i've been watching her since she was 14 years old never seen a 14 year old who's that tall and move like a libero that's all i'm gonna say 
Sheesh. All right, so here's the bracket once again. Uh, we've got eight teams left. We'll talk about the schedule in just a minute because it sucks. Uh, one more time, uh, Italy versus China. Uh, we, we talked about the match they just played this week in pools where Italy won 3-0. Uh, Brazil versus Japan. Uh, Japan actually beat Brazil 3-1 to in the first round of pools. Uh, Serbia versus Poland. We talked about Serbia sweeping Poland this week. And United States versus Turkey. We talked about United States beating them in four. Uh, and speaking of the schedule, here it is for the quarterfinals. All of these matches going down on Tuesday. So, so dumb. So dumb. God, so the dumb. The worst. So today, let's, yeah, today is October 9th, Sunday. Tuesday, October 11th, we're getting all four quarterfinals. And not only are we getting all four quarterfinals, we're getting them at the same time. We're getting them at the same time. What are we doing? Why are we scheduling the, the four biggest matches of the tournament on top of one another? Italy versus China, 11 a.m. Eastern. United States versus Turkey, 11.30 a.m. Eastern. Why are we doing that? And then the second block of matches is the same thing. Brazil versus Japan, 2 p.m. Eastern. Serbia versus Poland, 2.30 p.m. Eastern. What are you doing to the fans that actually want to watch all four of these matches? It's just terrible. It is terrible. Once again, three boomers in a trench coat, especially especially that the semifinal round is being played on two different days. No, guys, let's figure it out. Why are we playing two matches on two days and four matches in one day? The arithmetic doesn't work. Get out of your trench coat and figure it out. Like Not one, to mention the like, travel. Like the Poland and the Netherlands are not that far away from one another, but keeping them so segmented into their two separate locations such that we're seeing nothing but rematches in this bracket is insane. So I I'm, have so many complaints about this. I mean, the matches are what they are, but it's the worst that the, the, the fans aren't going to get to really focus on each of these four games. They're going to have to pick two of them that they actually want to watch. It sucks. Yeah, absolutely. And let's be honest, too, that Volleyball World TV sucks for trying to watch multiple games at once because you can't, right? You have right, to you do have the side-by-side like side side, stuff, yeah. and then your screen goes from full screen to, like, little screens. It's like I might as well be watching on my phone. But, like, I have a subscription, and I can't even watch it on multiple screens screens at once. Like, how like how much am I paying for this? And I, I can't watch one, <sighs> one, one on my laptop, another one, like, streaming it on onto my my uh my tv like that's that's what i want to be able to do like that's what i would do do in this situation right one one on the laptop one on the tv let's go right i can't even have two players open like two volleyball world tv players open on the same computer like i've got a mac an imac i've got a big screen i could like you know i can't even do that like why why are we using like bootleg software to be able to do this like just spend a little bit of money guys like yeah. it's it's not hard to make an app figure you know? it out but more importantly don't stack quarterfinal matches of a world championship tournament on top of one another just don't do that there's no benefit there's literally no benefit i don't care if they're in two different places stagger them it would be very easy to just stagger them and they just couldn't figure that out so that's really upsetting but Again, the matchups are Italy versus China. So the times you have on the screen right now are North American Central Time, just because that's where I am. It's where my computer is. So the times are local for me. Add an hour onto these if you're on the East Coast or subtract two hours if you're on the West Coast. If you're uh, elsewhere in the world, you're on your own. You can go to this website too. But yeah, Italy versus China, United States versus Turkey starts off the day in that first kind of block of matches. And well, hopefully Italy versus China is a 3-0, so we can focus on uh, the USA match a little bit. And then Brazil versus Japan and Serbia versus Poland are kind of in that second block of matches. Then semifinals, uh, we'll have the Poland semifinal 
uh, right away on Wednesday. So that's the winner of the U.S. and Turkey versus the winner of Serbia and Poland on Wednesday. Uh, the Netherlands semifinal gets a day off. Uh, so the winner of Italy and China versus the winner of Brazil and Japan will be on Thursday, the 13th. And then there's a travel day, uh, no matches Friday, both medal matches, both in the Netherlands on Saturday, October 15th, Saturday. And their uh, uh, bronze medal match is at 10 a.m. Eastern, gold medal match at 2 p.m. Eastern Saturday. So that is the schedule. Uh, go to the Volleyball World website for the tournament to find it in your time zone. Great. I'm, I'm, I'm stoked for it, except for this terrible schedule. Schedule sucks. It's Schedule's just, terrible. Just really, really a missed opportunity. But I know that the matches will be good. I'm fascinated to see uh, because, like we said, Everett, the the rematches. It's difficult to beat a team twice in the same tournament. So I think the last thing kind of to do on the show is we got to pick the rest of this thing because the next show we're going to do on this is a week from today. Uh, the the trophy will be handed out on Saturday. We're going to do a show next Sunday. So we've got to make our picks for the rest of this bracket. Uh, Everett, I will allow you to go first, my friend. Who you got for the rest of this thing? Uh, Italy and China are going to be, or sorry, Italy and Brazil are going to play in the semifinals. Italy's going to win that. Serbia, USA are going to be playing in the semifinals, and Serbia is going to win that. And, ooh, um, I think Italy's going to win. Okay, so you've got Italy beating Serbia in the final and uh, Italy winning both the men's and women's world championship. Boy, would that be a scary sight for the rest of us. Uh, how about bronze? Mostly like for a, those of us in the Discord who will have to put up with Monty and Tommy, Tommy. just being absolutely insufferable for the next yeah, little bit. Whole lot of whole lot of this emoji if that ends up happening. Uh, how about bronze? I guess that would be uh, USA versus Brazil at that point. Ooh, I'm going. I'm going Brazil. Okay. Yeah. Ooh, no, sorry. No, no medal for my girls. Ouch. Yeah, I mean, sorry. I just don't. I just don't don't see. I, I haven't seen that team get better since VNL. If anything, they might have taken that's, a step. That's well said. I, I think a lot of the other teams in this tournament have gotten better since VNL, except maybe Italy because they won the thing. But even Serbia took bronze. They've gotten better. I think Brazil well, I mean, took added silver Moscovich got better. To that, to yeah. that roster Obviously. that took bronze, right? Yeah, so, <laughs> Yeah, maybe everyone's gotten better. I even like Poland's gotten better. Oh, man, yeah. Everyone looks better except for the USA in, 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 my, in, in my eyes. And it's both from the eye test and statistically. Um Someone needs to step up from that team, and I don't see it happening this tournament. Okay, uh, so you've got Italy beating Serbia in the final and Brazil for bronze. Uh, I've got the exact same semifinals as you. I think it's going to be chalk. I think it's going to be the semifinals that we predicted from day one. Italy, Brazil on the top there, and then Serbia, United States on the bottom. Uh, I've got the exact same finals as you. I've got Italy beating Brazil, and I've got Serbia beating the United States, unfortunately. But I've got Serbia winning the tournament. Okay, I've got, All I've right. got Serbia winning the tournament. I've got Tiana Boscovic and company winning the tournament. Uh, another interesting storyline is Daniele Santarelli versus his wife, Monica De Gennaro, who plays libero for Italy. Uh, that They usually play together when Santarelli coaches Caneliano, but uh, not this time. That's kind of fun. Uh, that, like, I, I wonder I've, what kind of bets are going on. Oof. Like, yeah, is, that, does the loser have to do dishes? What, what an interesting thing in their household, yeah. Uh, like, yeah, I, I think I think Serbia repeats, man. I think Tiana Boscovic is on another level right now. I, I cannot wait for that potential showdown Oof. of Paolo Gono versus Tiana Boscovic, especially because it's kind of bringing into an era of Boscovic versus versus uh, Agonu, as you know, Boscovic has been the center of Exasabashi for so many years now uh, in Turkey, and now Agonu is joining Bank of Bank, so they're going to be playing each other in the Turkish League, in the Turkish Cup. Um, 
potentially Champions League as well. So this is going to kind of open up the door for at least a year of some Boscovich versus Agono showdowns. Yeah, get used to seeing those two players play against each other a lot. Uh, last thing before we wrap up is something that somebody brought up in the chat earlier that I think it's important to look at, and that's the latest FIVB Women's World Ranking. Uh, yeah. You will see a lot of movement. There's been a lot of movement, including the United States falling from one all the way down to four. And uh, Italy, the new number one team in the world on the women's side, I mean, they've only lost one match, and it was a five-setter against Brazil. So you can kind of see the point spread right here uh, where, I mean, everything's green. They're just gaining points everywhere, only losing actually losing 5.9 in a five-set loss is a lot. Uh, but they're, they're climbing. Brazil is second in the world right now. Serbia third. All that green undefeated in the tournament. So, but look at this for the USA. I, I want to point this out because I think this is ridiculous. We get swept by Poland and lose 19 points. We get swept by Serbia, who's honestly likely to win this entire tournament, and lose 15 points. Meanwhile, we beat Turkey, who's good, and only get six. We beat Dominican Republic, who's good, only get two and a half. We beat Germany. It, we, we sweep Germany, only get 3.2. I mean, what are you supposed to do if you're a high-ranked team other than win? I mean, if, if, you, if you win, you don't get any points. If you lose once, you drop four spots in the rankings. It's crazy. It is, it is nuts. And I'm even looking at, like, Argentina. So Argentina lost four ranks over the course of this, this fourth round. So they dropped drop behind teams like the Czech Republic, who didn't make it into round two. Colombia, who's not, or who didn't make it into round two. Mexico, who's not in the tournament. And France, who's not in the tournament, right? Argentina is out here going up against some of the best teams in the world. And yes, they lost, you know, 3-1 to Puerto Rico. That's where they lost most of their points. But still, like, we can't have a, a, a scenario where there's a team going that's playing in tournaments that other teams aren't and they're dropping below teams that aren't even playing right. and right. they're getting they're getting punished for going further in the tournament i mean if they're they getting can, punished for, right. just for playing if right. they care if they care about their world ranking in there right they, they would have they would have thrown the game against colombia or somebody in pools like i'm talking about argentina so that they wouldn't have even had to play these last four games I mean boom minus three and a half six and a half one and a half and almost eight points i mean you, you shouldn't lose to puerto rico but I mean, because they made it further into the tournament, they're getting penalized in the world ranking. I don't think that's fair. There's got to be some system in the math to include both every match matters and tournament finish matters instead of just one or the other like we've pivoted here recently. It's nuts. 100%. Like, if if you're participating in the world championships, you need to get a certain amount of points associated with that. If you're participating in VNL, you need to get a certain amount of points of that. Right? This is why we have Canada. Canada, for finishing 10th in this tournament, should get rewarded for that. They absolutely should finish. Absolutely should get rewarded for that. Uh, Columbia, for for not making it out of the pools and for I I think they went winless, if I'm reading this correctly. Yeah, they did. They should be penalized a lot more. They absolutely should. But not even penalized, just not given that many points. Like a team that qualifies for the tournament should have get more points for a team that doesn't, right? right. Like I'm looking at looking yeah. at France and, and Mexico who aren't even at this tournament right now, and that they're sitting on top of Argentina, see on top of Korea. Well, they can screw Korea; they suck anyways. Like <laughs> bad Croatia, for Croatia like, too. Check this out: huge drop in the rankings, all the way down to 27th. Yeah, Brutal. massive, massive drop, drop for Croatia. Um, 
so yeah, I, I do think like I don't understand why they just didn't take the original point totals. Like you get five hundred points for winning Olympic Games, five hundred points for winning the World Championships, and just keep those point totals, and then add the match per match on onto yeah. it. There's, or, there's like, you know there's a way the, to do both. There's there's there's, there's, there's a way to do it, and it's it. but once again three boomers trench coat. It's hard to see looking through the little holes between the buttons and, and stuff like that. <laughs> they they need to keep things simple. Uh, that's uh, never been the easiest thing for that organization. Well, boys and girls, uh, it's championship week. So enjoy bracket play at Women's Worlds. Uh, Tuesday are the quarterfinals. Uh, check out the, the Volleyball World Tournament website for the schedule. Uh, we'll be back on Sunday after the medal matches on Saturday. And then also a programming note. I, we, I've, I've been doing a lot of just podcasts here on YouTube lately, previewing they the club season. Sick. Yeah, they've, they've been awesome. Uh, we did a great one with with the great Tommy Blizzard for the Italian Super League, which has produced some banger weekends so far. Did a great one with Adano's previewing the Plus Liga. And then I did the best one, my personal favorite, with the legendary Eric Shoji talking about Champions League last week. So a lot, a lot going on in the men's club game. And uh, for your viewing pleasure, we will be back on Tuesday this week with a regular 9 by 9 at regular time to kind of catch up with the club season. So uh, that'll be... It was, uh, a, it was a nuts weekend. In, it was. In the, Italian, in, in, in the Italian Super League this week. The Bundesliga jumped off. The Plus Liga has been going for a little bit. We're right into pro season. And you get the you get, double, you get multiple doses of the 9 by 9 this week. Yes, you do. So we'll be back. If you're, if you're just interested in Women's World Championships, great. Watch the tournament this week. We'll be back on Sunday. Uh, but if you watch everything that we put out, which we certainly encourage you to do, I'll be back on Tuesday evening to kind of catch back up with what's started in the men's club season and then uh yeah well then i think it really should be just every tuesday after that much back to a much more normal schedule for us after world championships are done yep pretty much all right ladies and gentlemen uh, thanks for watching make sure you join the volleyball source discord that link is in the description it's where all of us are just spitting all these crazy takes uh day in and day out during the matches and uh, so get in there, ask some questions, get involved, and uh, we'll see you on Tuesday night for regular 9 by 9 talking about men's club uh, and Sunday night to wrap up the Women's World Championship. Peace, guys. Have a good week. We'll see you Tuesday, and we'll see you Sunday, and we'll see you every day on the Discord. <laughs> you got it.